everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Athlete Journal podcast. I'm Madeline Trevison here with my good friend, Valerie Welch. Val is a stud track star, ran at the University of Colorado, um, but an up and coming ultimate Frisbee star as well. So we'll get into that. But Val, welcome on. Hi, Maddie. Thank you. Excited to be here. <laughs> Val and I have also recently been training together for some strength and conditioning. Um, our friend Danny has been taking us through some of those workouts as well. So um, I know Val pretty well. And let me tell you, she is a fierce athlete, um, a great friend, very smart too, studied mechanical engineering and now works at Nike um, and does some pretty, pretty cool stuff there. So Val, I'm so excited to get more into this episode. I want everyone to find out how amazing that you are. Um, but first guys mix it up, do at the beginning this time, a little announcement from our partner unbeknownst co. Um, again, if you've been listening, you should know this by now, but it is a really cool small business woman owned here in Portland. They make unique handmade goods guys. This is jewelry, sometimes some art prints, stickers, really cool little nifty artsy gifts. And, um, they all kind of feature a minimalistic design. They're inspired by natural elements. And the important thing is that they really focus on providing quality, functional aesthetics in sustainable packaging. So definitely check out the website. Again, there's links to this on our website as well as our Instagram page. But, uh, the thing is athlete journal podcast listeners can get 15% off using the promo code AJP 15. So check it out treat yourself or maybe give someone else a gift. So definitely uh, look into that and we'll get back to the episode now. So Val, I see that Binks, your cat has been, uh, Binks is, might be more active than you are actually. 100%. Yes. Yeah. No, he had to be removed. Otherwise there was going to be an insane amount of obnoxious background noise. Oh, things got kicked out. Yeah. I mean, he wants to play with everything all of the time so it's pretty annoying I mean he's one and a half so it's fair and he sits at home alone all day but now he's meowing (laughs) (laughs) it's okay I was hoping that things would make an appearance on I mentioned to Val that before so I just had to bring it up he's a cute cat and um, also very athletic I've seen him kind of like with your little like wadded up ball or whatever Mm -hmm. toy he has he's a soccer star (laughs) he really is so (laughs) Um, but Val, we'll actually get back to you. So, um, guys, Val was sprinter hurdler again for CU Boulder and, um, has quite the number of accolades as well. She was a PAC 12 scorer four times, as well as a nationals qualifier in the four by four, um, and also made it to nationals for indoor would have been in 2020 uh, at the DMR distance medley relay. However, as we will discuss, unfortunately did not get to race that race because literally as you guys were about to race, pulled off the track and the meet was canceled because of COVID, which is just an insane story. So I definitely want to talk about that. And then Val also made it to the preliminary round, the West preliminary round regionals in 400 hurdles, which again is very, very hard to do. So um, definitely made your mark at CU, but I know as we've discussed, it wasn't always smooth sailing. So, uh, first things first, I guess we'll start 
back early on in your career and then kind of work your way up. But you're from Iowa. And I remember talking to you one time about how you said you weren't even sure that you wanted to compete in college. So if you can remember back to your high school years, take us through that. And then what actually made you decide to not only go to CU, but um, actually join the team? Yeah. So thanks for the intro, first off. Um, but yeah, I, I, I was like a multi-sport athlete like you, really passionate about a lot of sports that I was doing. Um, and actually, I think my favorite one throughout my childhood would have been soccer because um, I, I played that from like the age four to 14. Um, which then I got to high school and that's when, you know, you kind of have to start deciding like, what sport are you going to focus on a little bit? Mm -hmm. Um, and I remember having a conversation with my mom where I was like, all right, mom, what do I do track or soccer? Because in Iowa, it's, it's different across the U S but in Iowa, this track and soccer are both held in the spring, mm -hmm. uh, in high school. So my mom was like, well, why don't you do one, one year and one the next year. And then like your third and fourth year, you can pick like, if there's one you really like more than the other, you can do that the other two years. So I was like, all right, well, I'll do track the first year because I'm in like a rec league for soccer. And then I'll do soccer my second year. Mm -hmm. um, fast forward four years later, I'm no longer playing soccer. I am one of the top sprinters and hurdlers and long jumpers in the state of Iowa and being pretty decently recruited. Uh, but I still kind of had this like, oh, I don't know if this is the sport for me feeling. Um, definitely a lot of associated anxiety, which I'm sure Many athletes have performance anxiety. Um, for me, it, it, it definitely ruled parts of my life sometimes. Um, how I ended up going to CU was, it was like December of my senior year in high school and we were like just entering winter break, um, which is kind of when like for us, our like winter conditioning would start picking up for going into the track season. And I received an email from the CU sprints coach and was like, hey, Valerie, like, I'm, you know, sorry, I'm kind of late in the game here, but like, would love to like get you on a phone call and talk about maybe coming for a visit. And I just kind of brushed it off and was like, mm, I kind of like, don't think I'm going to run at this point. I just want to go somewhere that like fits my academic goals and just say, by track, it's been nice. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but can you hear that? <laughs> so loud. Um, but so basically I went all winter break, didn't reply to this coach at CU and like came back for winter conditioning. And my high school coach was like, Hey, did you get an email from the Colorado coach? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, did you reply? And I was like, no. <laughs> um, and he's like, you really need to reply. Even if it's like, you know, no, I don't want to waste your time. You need to reply. So I ended up replying to the coach, ended up going on uh, an official visit because I hadn't taken any. And I just kind of was like, you know, free trip. Why not? Right. Um, and I ended up like really liking it. And I just like liked the vibes. I liked the people I met. Um, the coach was cool. And, you know, I was like sitting in the airport on the way home waiting for my flight. And I texted like, my two best friends at the time, like very best friends. It was like, you guys, like, I kind of think I want to do this. And they both were like, that's ridiculous. Don't, don't go to school for track. Like you, you're not going to like it. You're better off going for academics. And like hearing that from my two favorite people kind of like solidified to me that I still wanted to do it because like oh. it didn't, it didn't deter me anymore. Right. 
So I was like, all right, we're doing this. So like a week later, I called up coach Burke and was like, Hey dude, I'm in, I want to do this. And he was like, awesome. I'm so glad and so excited. So that's kind of how I wound up in Colorado kind of happenstance, kind of weird. Every other coach before that, I had basically told like, no, no, thank you. Like I'm not really looking uh, at those places academically. Cause that was my number one priority priority. I wanted a good engineering school and you know, University of Iowa is great, but I wanted to get out of Iowa. Kansas coach hit me up and I was like, no, not really what I'm looking for. So it all just kind of worked out. And ultimately it was just, I got a good feeling about it. And so I don't regret it at all. And, and yeah, that's how I, how I ended up at CU. I ended up running. Wow. It's the story that you told about your friends saying, you know, you're being so crazy. And again, there are people that have your best interest in mind. And I think the fact that you had such a gut feeling that you knew, you know, I know these people care about me, but I actually know it's right for me. And to follow that, it's, that's pretty cool. Cause I think it takes a lot of maturity to do that when you are just a high schooler. So the fact that yeah. you were able to kind of, yeah, follow that instinct and then, you know, ended up all American at CU, like, that's amazing. Hell so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, it was honestly one of my biggest, like, gut feeling moments I think I've had in my life. So. It worked wow. out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, would you say once you got to see you and you started training with the team, um, given that you did have some hesitation, it's not like you had gone, you know, you know, no matter what, I'm going to run in track, like track is everything. Like, obviously there's like a lot of things mm-hmm. at play and a lot of things that are important to you. So how was it when you started training with the team? Did you ever have any second thoughts or were you just kind of like, I'm here, I'm committed and didn't look back? Yeah, I think. I mean, I definitely had some second thoughts just because, you know, I'd never trained that consistently, like in high school. Yeah. I ran cross country in the fall because it was like, you know, something to do. It was the one sport that I could have all my friends there with me and there were like zero expectations. And so I loved doing that in the fall, but it was never anything serious. So by the time I got to college and we were like, you know, day one school starts, practice starts, it was kind of like, whoa, this is like a lot you know, plus I'm, I'm not the most disciplined person when it comes to like doing stuff on my own. So even though my coach had like given me workouts for the summer before starting, I was not consistent at doing them at all. So I was like decently out of shape. Uh Uh, I basically got my ass whooped for the first two weeks with practicing every day, lifting three times a week. These were like legit workouts, you know, this is college. Uh Um, And so I remember I was like, like actively avoiding stairs wherever I could go because <laughs> just destroyed. So I'd be like <laughs> hobbling around to my classes and like searching out the elevators. Cause I was like, I cannot put <laughs> more strain on my quads right now. Um, so yeah, so there was definitely some, some second thoughts and like even up to every year on Halloween weekend, like the Friday before we will do a Halloween four by four time trial. And it's like yeah. first time trial of fall training, see where everybody's at. Um, and I was literally standing on the start line, like about to get the baton. The girl on my leg is, or on my team is coming down the hundred meters straight away. And the girl who's on my leg in front of me, but on the other team was my, uh, what's the word? The person who like you're assigned to when you go on your visit, they're your host. Host, thank you. Yeah, he was my host on my visit, 
And I was literally standing there and I said to her and I was like, dude, I would not be here right now if you hadn't been so goddamn nice to me. I was like, I'm like so anxious <laughs> to get the baton for my first time trial. I was like, Michaela, I'm kind of mad at you right now because I'm on the starting line about to take the baton and I wouldn't be if you hadn't been so nice to me. <laughs> um, so yeah, like I said, definitely some doubts, definitely like a huge change in my life. But ultimately, I, you know, I was, I was fit. I was making friends. Um, you know, class was whatever. Academics was never really something I struggled with, luckily. So that wasn't like, it wasn't a hard thing for me to balance the two, at least to start off with. Um, yeah, so it was kind of just like, by the time I had felt like I had gotten in shape, I really wasn't, you know, having that many issues. I definitely was like anxious about really hard workouts just because, you know, my teammates are all amazing athletes and I was, you know, fresh out of, fresh out of high school. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was hard times, fun times, but you know, no, no regrets at the end of the day. Yeah, no, absolutely. And then Talk, you kind of mentioned, and I think a lot of runners have it, um, a little bit of performance anxiety or anxiety about working out in general um, for a couple of reasons. One is, you know, you're out to put your body through a lot. Um, kind of discussed this with Meg the first episode, but it's yeah. it's a weird thing that we do for fun because it yeah. doesn't it doesn't feel good to train sometimes. And again, you're not always going like balls to the wall every single time, right? Um, it's measured and it's basically training your body so that you can get to a race, you know, you have adrenaline. It's not like you're in pain the entire time, but for a lot of it, or at least when you finish, you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. And so that's one thing. It's just not a natural thing to, as like humans, I think, um, to like elect to put ourselves through discomfort, but it's right. something that we do in our sport. Um, and then also it's just, it, in the end, it's you on the starting line. And I think that's another hard thing. You're not, you know, walking up to a field with your teammates, but, um, everyone's kind of in their own zone and you're in your own head. So how did you kind of, uh, I guess, overcome some of that and, and maybe you, you still battled, you know, with it, even when you were about to go race the DMR at nationals and kind of already made it, but what worked for you? What didn't, and did it get better throughout your career? Yeah. I mean, for me, honestly, it's something I still work on. Like anything that has a high level of of importance and a high level of care, I'm going to have some sort of associated anxiety with. So for me, honestly, what made it better was just like confidence in myself. And, and that just came as, you know, I, I like to think I'm a pretty naturally gifted athlete that only takes you so far. So as I started to get like more deep in the training and more consistent with my training uh during my time at CU just my times dropped with it and that was honestly what brought me the most confidence was just like seeing all of this like struggle every day of every hard workout I would have some sort of anxiety and the easy ones it was like my nice relief but just like seeing that turn into results it sounds pretty cliche because that's what everybody wants. You know, you want to see your hard work mm-hmm. go into uh, being a better athlete. But like that honestly was just the best thing for me is then I could start to think like, okay, like I belong here. Like I made the right choice. I am a good athlete. And just like slowly building up that confidence made like lessened that anxiety and also just made it like 
not matter as much. You know, right. it wasn't something I focused on so much because I, you know, at, at the end of the day, I knew like, I'm a good athlete. This is what I, what I came here to do. Right. Um, yeah. Which like, obviously it wavered a lot. Like I would have bad weeks. I would have bad meets, bad practices. And then it's kind of just like a constant, like rebuilding of my own mental state and trying mm-hmm. to like get back to remembering that I, my body can still do these things. I've done these things before I can do it again. You know, I just have to like, it's like a constant every day. Like, yeah. Confidence bolstering. Right. Well, it's, it's no different in my mind. Um, than like physically training your body, like you have to be like, consistency is key. And I think mentally training yourself, um, you know, requires consistency too. And lots of positive self-talk and there are going to be good days and bad days, but it's just, all about, you know, constantly building that confidence, but right. it's not like you can just snap your fingers and that happens. And, um, I know we've kind of talked about like, you know, previously I kind of also struggled with some issues with like confidence once I didn't start running as well. And then, you know, almost trying to like fake myself out, like, okay, even if I don't feel like I'm in as good of a shape as I was in the past, like that doesn't matter. Like I'm going to get to the line. I'm going to try to like beat people. And Mm -hmm. so, um, you know, I know, I guess first let's talk about how, you know, and during the times where, you know, you kind of had like peak of career, you're running really, really well. This is what your sophomore year, would you say? Yeah. Um, you know, from there, what kind of happened after that? Did you have any injuries or, you know, what sort of struggles did you have to deal with, um, kind of leading up to making the DMR team and when you went to nationals? Yeah. So yeah, like you said, I, I think I definitely probably was peaking actually at the beginning of my junior year, um, which would have been, you know, January, 2020. (laughs) Um, but definitely, yeah, at the end of my sophomore year, there was a little bit of a slump and at the start at the end of indoor and the start of outdoor in my sophomore year where I was just kind of like like not having a good time and I wasn't racing that well and it was obvious that they were correlating and I remember like having a specific conversation uh with our nutritionist actually and being like like I every time for for the most part when I would go into my nutritionist and we would do our um our tests or whatever to see where like our body is at I would always like my numbers would be all right. But the nice thing about my nutritionist is she was always, she would always ask like, like, how are you doing? Like, how are things going? Like, yes, your numbers say that you're doing well, but like, are you, how are you feeling? And I remember just like breaking down, crying to her and being like, I'm just, I'm not performing well. I don't know what's wrong. Like I'm having these negative thoughts about track and I just like need to get out of that. And I remember coming out of that conversation, just like making a promise to myself to be like, like you need to think more positively about track. Like Mm -hmm. you, this, you know, that you love to run. It's like such a freeing thing, as you know, just running and just being like, like using your full body to get from A to B. Yeah. And so I just had to like really have a change of mindset and like go into races, not thinking like, Oh God, why do I have to do this? It's going to hurt so bad and be like, Oh God, let's go. Like, thank God I get to do this. This is so cool. I get to be paid to like get an education and do this on the side. 
and honestly, it was like a huge turning point. And from then on, at the end of uh, my sophomore year, I started doing really well, qualified for the four by four with my, my team uh, for outdoor nets, had a great time in Austin. Um, and then that kind of translated into just a major confidence boost into my junior year. Fall 2019 was like the best time of my life. I was training so well. I was having so much fun. I was like, taking a lot of hard classes and like doing really well and enjoying them. And it was just like this big culmination. And then my head coach Wetmore, as you know, <laughs> he, uh, he picked me to be on the DMR and I like ran it at our, our first indoor home meet, um, just as like a trial run. It was literally like he put, he threw together two DMR teams and one was just supposed to be like a rabbit team that actually had Jenny Simpson on it, which was kind of cool. Oh, that's cool. I ran against Jenny Simpson. <laughs> okay. um, uh, yeah. And it was just like time trial and I was running in that and I did really well and I ended up getting selected and we qualified. Um, and then, yeah, we go all the way to Albuquerque. And I remember getting like an email the morning before we left for Albuquerque that was like, uh, CU has decided to go remote through the end of the semester and at the time I was just kind of like that's weird not sure what that means but whatever like I'm going to attract me yeah and then my coaches were like oh no like Harvard athletes just or Harvard just pulled their athletes like because of this thing that's going on it was like other teams were like you were hearing the other teams that like showed up to the airport and been told like right before they got on the plane like you can't go and so we were just kind of like, oh, shoot, like, we just need to get on the plane right now and get there and then we'll be fine. Yeah. Um, and obviously we did. And, you know, we all we all practiced in the facility for like two days before you get there. And we were all kind of sitting around. I was sitting in the hotel with my teammate. And this is like her last meet because she yeah. doesn't have outdoor eligibility yeah. left. So this was like last chance to be all American, last chance to run like her legacy. This is it. She's going to wants to go out with a bang. She's on the DMR with me. And then we get the text from Wetmore that the whole meet's been canceled. Yeah. And we're just like, like completely defeated. Like I just felt so bad for like, like Joe Clucker and Danny Jones were there. And that was going to be like, was Danny Jones there? That sounds right. I think so. McKenna Morley, like, like those athletes, that, that, that was their last chance. And then they were like, all right, well, I guess we're like transitioning to, to pro now because obviously we didn't even have a season after that. There was no outdoor. Right. Um, and so that was like, yeah, I was like, I was in the most fit shape of my life. Like indoor track and field championships. D one is, I think I read a stat. It's like the hardest national championship in the NCAA to, to make it to like 6% of athletes make it to indoor nationals yeah. out of all of, all of the other national championships, all the other sports. So I was like, this is like my peak. I made it here. Right. Even if it was a little bit on the coattails of our excellent distance runners at CU. Um, uh, no, I just, I'll say for a little <laughs> bit of context right now, actually though, but to make that team is such a big deal because CU is always literally competing to be like the best distance medley relay in the nation. Like they usually, like they've won so many times in the past, they're always up there in the talk. So the fact that you had made that team says a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, about you. And it's, it's quite an honor, honor right. on any team to be going to nationals, but especially in a team that's looking to try to win a national title. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I was, yeah, I was extremely honored. I know in the past, Wetmore would just pick 
you know, one of his like 800 distance runners and throw them in the 400 and be like, oh, it's only like a 10th of the race. It doesn't really matter. But the fact that he actually like picked someone who specialized in the 400 and was like, obviously going to run better than just throwing a distance runner in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I felt super honored. Um, then big downhill crash right after that. It was like the world. The snowball's going down. It just keeps getting yeah. bigger. <laughs> the hill is growing. The snowball is not coming. <laughs> yeah. And obviously everybody experienced that March, 2020, like the world shut down. Um, and yeah, like, like I said, I, I don't have the greatest discipline when it comes to working out on my own. Like I need that coach who's telling me, all right, you got to be here at two every day. And then I have no problem doing the work, but like, mm-hmm. you know, trying to find facilities, do work outside of that, especially when there's no gyms, like you're trying to find junior high tracks I did a lot of training on junior high tracks during COVID yeah um and so I think for me you know I knew there was there was going to be no season so in March 2020 I knew that in theory the next time I would be training again would be in August and so I basically went what half of March April May June July just like not really training that hard like I did some but I just ordinarily I would have been training hard through early June and then I would have taken a break and picked up training again so I think for me that was just like a huge hit to my body and like yeah it's super on me I could have tried harder and and trained more but also like circumstantially we were in a pandemic everybody was just kind of like what do we do (laughs) um yeah no yeah so that led into my senior year and I think from there my body was just kind of like done like I I was doing the same workouts, but I wasn't doing them as well as I had been in the past. And I wasn't running as well at meets. Like I was running times that were worse than my freshman year. And it was just kind of like huge blow to confidence. Like I didn't know what to do. Like I was eating well, I was lifting fine. Like I was obviously showing up to practice every day, just like everybody else. Um, But yeah, and that was kind of how my senior year ended is we, went to outdoor pack 12s and I was kind of just like thrown on the four by one just because we usually throw one together every year. Um, I ran pretty slow in the 400 hurdles and pretty slow in the 100 hurdles. And then my coach told me like, hey, I've decided to not, I was originally gonna be put on the four by four. I'd run on the four by four every single year that I'd been at CU. Like that was a team I was pretty much guaranteed to be on. Mm -hmm. um and you know like a couple hours before we're going to start warming up my coach pulls me aside and is like hey I've decided to go with someone else on the four by four and at the time I was a little bit relieved because there had been relays in the past where I had run like really crappy splits and like definitely brought the whole team down when we needed a a better mark to go to regionals or something Mm -hmm. um and so I was pretty worried that I was obviously no confidence, super inconsistent. I was like, I don't want to ruin this for us when we're trying to qualify for regionals still and run a bad time. So I was like, I understand what my coach's thinking was at. Like, even if, you know, he picked a girl whose PR is not as fast as mine, she was running more consistently. So it made sense. But, you know, the part that really bothered me is he like, he told me after that conversation, he was like, but you know, I like, I'm planning on taking you to regionals when we qualify slash we were actively qualified, but you know how times come in and sometimes you get bumped. Mm-hmm. So he was like, you know, if, if we still do remain qualified and we go to regionals, like I'm taking you and you're, you're going to be on it. 
Mm-hmm. That's what you told me. And I was like, okay. So I was like, in my mind, I was like, all right, I got two more weeks of training. Like I can still turn this around and, you know, finish out, run on this relay, be good to go. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so they ran, one of our girls ended up being tripped, unfortunately. So we ran, you know, a terrible time because she was tripped really hard. And like, mm-hmm. it was, in the, it was in the last like 350 meters. Oh, that's rough. Already dead. Yeah. So you hit right. the floor when you're dead, like getting up is like, the, <laughs> the hardest thing <laughs> the Lord is standing on you like so they didn't end up running well which is whatever but we ended up qualifying anyway like our time stayed in the top however many 48 that's a take whatever it is um and so I was like all right here we go and then I was on the bus ride home like we've gotten off the airport we're back in Boulder or on the bus and like we get a group text to the whole team chat it's from my coach that basically is like, here's a list of people I think are going to go to regionals, like based on current standings, things could change within the next 24 hours when entries are put in, whatever, but this is who I think's going. And he lists the four by four and he lists four names and none of them are mine. Yeah. And I was like, that kind of blows. And then I kept looking and I was like, he had the men's four by four. He had five names because you're allowed alternates. Mm-hmm. And so he had you know the four main people in an alternate and I was like oh he's not even taking a women's four by four alternate he's only taking four people mm-hmm. and like that was the end of the list and so I was like kind of miffed like well what what the heck like he told me I was going right and I never I never even got like a side conversation I never got a text I never got nothing like he didn't he didn't say like hey I've actually decided like we're going to go another way. You've been a great athlete, whatever, but your time is up. Like, right. Which you've earned that. You've earned the, like that, that transparency <laughs> in that respect. Yeah. And so You're not I'm, some schmuck, like, <laughs> yeah, it's not like I was, you know, some, like a walk-on athlete who never got to travel or never really was performing right. up at, like I was on national teams and relays and I had, I have records at CU. I scored for Pac-12s individually. Right and on relays I was like I was a good athlete and so to get like nothing from my coach like I still haven't talked to him since I got that text on that bus ride like I hopped off the bus and I've just never seen him again never talked to him oh my gosh yeah like like I never considered him to be a bad coach until I realized how he handles athletes who aren't performing how they usually do and that's when I saw like so he, many coaches though it really is like it's yeah. easy to be a coach when your athletes are just freaking crushing it like right you know, throw me out there with a stopwatch I'll do it right yeah like give me freaking Usain Bolt I'll coach him <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so you know and and I a lot of teammates had the same experiences like I had another really good friend who ended up ended up getting injured um kind of near the end of senior year and was mm-hmm. it basically took him out and you know he didn't race all of outdoor mm-hmm. um and our coach kind of ignored him pushed him to the side and it was mm-hmm. just like that's that's not that's not being a good person even like it's just not how you handle these things so right so that well, kind of left a negative taste in my mouth for the sport and I honestly will have confidence issues for a long time because of my last year and what how that ha- ended up but Again, no regrets. You know, we did it. We had a good time. I have made amazing lifelong friends. Uh, mm-hmm. I love Colorado, so 
it's whatever. <laughs> yeah. Well, a couple of things there. Um, first of all, I hope you don't let that ruin your confidence. Cause I just look up to you so much. I think you're an amazing athlete. Also just such a great person. Um, again, like smart, you're a go-getter. Like you have so much going for you. Um, but it is unfortunate that I feel like even just in life, sometimes, um, you know, people that aren't <laughs> like, it, it's not, it's not easy to have conversations that are negative in that, you know, I'm sure in the end, I'm sure that coach probably was kind of like, oh, I wish she was running better, but you know, yeah. in the end, it's a team, it's a business. This is my decision. Right. It's got other, that's options. not the yeah. problem. The problem was the fact that, you know, we didn't have the, um, I don't know, social awareness or decency to have a conversation with you and treat you like a person that deserves that conversation, yeah. which any athlete does, but especially an athlete that's performed in the past. So, um, you know, that is frustrating, but I guess, I don't know, life lesson, probably, you know, maybe I'll have a boss someday. That's kind of a similar thing. And just, I guess if, if you were to give looking back and, and how you've seen it affect you and, um, you know, maybe since you've had some time to process it, if someone else is in a similar situation that you went through, um, you know, whether it be a coach or, you know, someone at work where, you know, they're not suddenly not giving the time of day because something has changed. And a lot of times that thing that's changed is out of their control. Like, how would you say to cope with it? Or is there anything that you've kind of gained or I guess, or even been stronger coming out the other side because of it? Yeah. Um, you know, I think for me, I, I wish I had put in more of an effort to like have a conversation with my coach earlier on or my strengths coach, you know, or even like sports, like sports psychology. Like I never really interacted with them. I had a lot of teammates who did, but I was just like, for the most part, I was, I felt like I was fine mentally. So I never felt like I was also very busy. So I was like, ah, I can't handle another hour meeting, you know, with somebody right. else. Um, but I think I wish I had just like, like gone up to my coach's office and been like, Hey, like, this is what's going on in my head. I know you see it translating in workouts. I'm not doing as well. I'm not racing as well. Like, like, what can we do here? Like just have an open dialogue. I think that would have helped me. I think it would have helped him. You know, it's not like he's a bad person. I just think nobody likes conflict, you know? So I, I think that was just like maybe a hard conversation that if I had put in the effort a little bit more, uh, like taking, taking control over it, I think I let a, a lot of it fall to like, you know, the powers that be where I was just kind of like, in the past, I'd always just relied on my natural athleticism to get me through mm -hmm. and had never really needed to like, you know, put in any more effort outside of just like, if you go to practice every day, you're going to be good because that, that had been the case for me for seven years, like mm -hmm. all of high school, all of my first three years at CU, like that, that was really all I needed to do is I needed to go to practice and then everything was going to be okay. Mm -hmm. So I think for me, I just needed to take more control over my own destiny and just like have those conversations, maybe put in a little extra time in the weight room or in my recovery or something. Um, you know, which is easy to say now, but in retrospect, I obviously was still very busy. It was still COVID. We, there were, there were many weeks where we were not allowed to practice as a team because, right. because we, the athletic department would be shut down again, or we had the community didn't like seeing us practicing 
outside without masks. Yeah, it sounds like Boulder. <laughs> yeah, even though we were outside on our own track, like, and wore masks through the whole warm up. Like, we're not about to wear a mask when you're already sucking wind, running as fast as you can. Like, right, not trying to have an asthma attack. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's honestly the biggest piece of advice. I, I think I just sat by too much and kind of just let it happen. Um, I was really angry about it, and it, that's that's a hard emotion to get past. Is yes is that lack of confidence and that anger about it, that it just kind of like clouded me and was like, I can't do anything. Like I'm going to practice. What else can I do? Right. Um, there's so many other things I could have done. So, well, I'm not saying like, this is on you. Like, what would you have done differently to have, you know, been put in that last meet? It's, it's not like what I was trying to say by that, but in terms of there are going to be more difficult people that probably everyone listening to this podcast will have to deal with in their life that don't handle things in a mature way um, or, you know, aren't giving like the right communication or support that that person deserves. So I guess, I think that's a really good message that you just kind of said is find a way if something feels out of your control, figure out what you can control and don't let that, um, you know, be such a negative, like energy in your life, because that's really, really hard to carry around, especially when feelings like anger are involved, because it's just, that's hard to deal with, you know, and yeah. it's not fun. So hopefully people listening to this will understand that, yeah, they're, it's, they're not alone in that. Um, I think, unfortunately, I was very, well, I was very blessed to have a great coach that I really, really like and respect. And he was a great, um, I thought, great, good communicator. And I knew how to communicate with him, but I know so many other student athletes have not had that situation. And then you're kind yeah. of like at the mercy of this higher up that can kind of determine like if you have a good or bad time doing something that you're pouring hours and hours and making so many sacrifices for so right yeah and I don't want it to sound like I'm bashing my coach like no 80 percent of time he was a great coach we got along well I obviously had my best interests in mind you know it just it just got hard near the end and I, I was starting to feel burnt out and I know. Yeah. I'm sure anybody listening to this podcast, there, there are a lot of bad coaches out there who are way worse than anything I dealt with. So I think just like, take what I'm saying with a grain of salt. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Disclaimer. No, yeah. I mean, this, is, this is your truth. This is your experience. And again, everyone's different. We're not trying to like put this in a certain category or someone's person's experience is the same as another's. Cause it's not, Um, but I'm just, I guess I'm glad they are being so candid about, um, both, you know, the good and the bad. And that is the truth. It's not always easy being a student athlete. Um, but in the end, it sounds like you had followed that gut decision and it was, I think, obviously, I think personally things happen for a reason. And so I think it was the right decision. You still had a lot of great times at CU, um, so many accolades, great friends, I was able to meet one of your teammates this weekend. She's awesome. So <laughs> yeah, shout out. Yeah. Um, so that's really, really cool. Um, we are kind of running out of time, but quickly, I do want to address the fact that you are now an ultimate Frisbee player, not yeah. only player <laughs> rising star. Yeah. <laughs> I picked Val up for one of our games. I was like, um, so how many what times did you score? You just say score, right? Is it, it's not really a goal. I think that's goal. I don't know. I'm goal. new to the sport. I don't know. <laughs> it might be goal. She's just like, 
too many I lost track <laughs> I was like that's my girl but um talk about kind of how it's been to start a new sport zero expectations just going out there being competitive but it's just super fun like how liberating has that been extremely it's like it's like that like competitive but still like extremely fun thing that I've been looking for for so long because mm-hmm. like you it starts to become like like doing a sport in college starts to become a job where like right. there's there's so many expectations like there's so many people writing on or hoping that you perform in a certain way so much writing on it so like being able to be like put that aside and remember that like I love exercising and I like running and for people who have not tried ultimate frisbee um I understand why dogs like playing fetch so much <laughs> like, like having some sort of moving object like just soaring through the air and you're freaking dashing after it like maybe there's a little jump in there a sneaky grab like it's so fun and so for me is it's such a new sport like I'm first off really bad at throwing the frisbee so definitely something to work on but like that's a skill you can learn though yeah well like, it doesn't matter like but your raw athleticism can't teach that you yeah. know you're a natural true. true yeah it's always like every time somebody learns like oh I've never never played frisbee before because so for people who don't know this is just a mixed winter league like you have your team of like a few people that you play with every week but then it also is mixed up and there's more people added to your team and I I went into it thinking like oh I'm I'm not gonna be alone being a rookie like this is like for fun it's freaking winter who plays frisbee in the winter outside (laughs) like there's got to be a bunch of new people are just doing this for fun wrong (laughs) (laughs) they all play on like leagues outside of this they've all definitely played at least a year and like a bunch of people know each other. And so I was like super alone in that. I didn't know anybody and I'd never played, but it's almost more fun because then people, I go out there and I dust these 35 year olds who have been playing Frisbee for a while and are great at throwing, but can't catch me. Can't catch her. (laughs) Yeah. It's just been, it's been super fun. I love like learning a new sport, meeting new people, just Mm -hmm. like running around for two hours on Friday nights. Um, Under the lights under the lights that's right they shut off at 10 o'clock we get shut out in the dark (laughs) but yeah I mean you probably know you've joined a bunch of indoor leagues it's just like super fun to go join a group of people playing a sport you enjoy and whatever it doesn't matter you know absolutely yeah I think the biggest takeaway anyone listening to this whenever you're done with your actual sport or maybe you already are at that point just go find a new sport or maybe one that you used to play Make sure you don't know anyone, sign up for a random team yeah. and it'll be the time of your life. Definitely. Absolutely. And there's always beers after if you don't like it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's also an, a requirement <laughs> or during college. I don't know. Um, okay. So we'll wrap it up. Uh, the last two questions. Val, I know you've been listening to these episodes. So I don't know if you've thought about them or not, but um, first one, biggest lesson learned. And then the second one, what are you most proud of? Okay. Biggest lesson learned, I honestly think is like, don't be so serious. You know, like you're, thank God to NCAA rules. Like they're not going to take your scholarship from you. 
unless you do something very bad and then they can maybe kick you off the team. But at the end of the day, like you're there because you love the sport that you're doing and hopefully you have amazing teammates. I definitely did. You know, not, not every single workout, every single rep is the be all and the end all, not every single race, every single meet. So like, I think just remember you're there to have fun. Super cliche. (laughs) Every coach is like, remember, have fun out there. Have fun out there, kids. Yeah, but it's super true. Like, yeah. So I would I would say that's my number one takeaway is like don't take yourself so seriously. Results will come. Just try to stay positive, stay confident, and and you're gonna have a great time. Yeah. Um thing I'm most proud of. I mean, I could say like my accolade of making it on the DMR. We were given like honorary all-American honors because of how we were ranked going into the meet. We were ranked sixth fastest time. So they automatically were just like, let's assume that the results were going to be how the rankings were. So we were given all American honors. Um, that's super cool to be able to say like, I'm an all American in a race. I didn't even run. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, we put in the work beforehand, so it still feels legit. And I know those girls would have been, yeah, I, I know the girls on the relay with me were like incredible athletes. So I'd say that that's my biggest like results-based accolade that I'm most proud of. Um, but honestly, I can say that I have amazing friends that would let me sleep on their couch for months in like four different states. And that's that's probably what I'm most proud of is like the friendships I was able to walk away with. Like there, there's something about sports and like the struggle of sports that just like bonds people because you all just ran that crappy rep and that really long tiring race and so it's just like it's like the like trauma bonding but like you know not real trauma just like hard hard work trauma yeah um yeah I think that's what I'm most proud of is just the amazing people I was able to meet and the friendships I have to this day I love that I also love how your metric for the friendship was how long they would allow you to just crash on their couch, but it's actually such a good one because yeah. it's true. Your, your real ones will let you do that. So, yeah. Well, thank you so much, Val. This was a great episode. Um, very excited for you guys to hear it. Um, which if you're listening to it now, I guess you have, <laughs> but <Yeah. laughs> Um, Val, I'm just so excited to see where you go with your ultimate Frisbee career. I'm excited to keep uh, kicking ass in the weight room with you and um, just continuing to be your friend. So thanks for everything. You made an appearance. <laughs> There's Binks. Final word from Binks. Meow. Meow. Nope, doesn't want to. Now he's being quiet. He's camera shy. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Maddie. Yeah. It was super great to chat with you. Glad I could do this. Um, Have a great night. (laughs) Thank you. You too. All right, everyone. We'll wrap up this episode. Again, I'm Madeline Trevison, and this is the Athlete Journal Podcast. 